All right, good morning, church family. Good to see you this morning. Is anybody happy to be in God's house to worship Him this morning? Let me see your hand wave at me this morning. Let me know you're awake. Let me know you're alive. Listen, our God is good. He is great. He is powerful. He is loving. He is kind. He is worthy of our worship this morning. So I invite you this morning, put all your attention on Him. He loves you today. Let's give Him all of our praise.
celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. You look great today. You may be seated for just a moment. So glad that you are here this morning, like Mark said on Pentecost Sunday, to worship God. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And if this is your first time today, we want to say welcome and we want to give it up for our first time guests this Come morning. Come on, give it up for them. Welcome. And we want to welcome those who have joined us online. Let's give it up for our online yeah, campus, on. guys. Yeah. Welcome, guys. From all over, welcome. If this is your first time this morning, welcome again. But what we want you to do is we want to meet you after this service. So I want to ask you to do me a favor. There is a connection card in the seat pocket right in front of you. If you would fill that out and hang on to it to the end of the service. And then after we dismiss, Mark and I and some of our leaders will be out there where those two tables, the two high tops are. And we just want to exchange that connection card for a gift for hanging out with us today. And just meet you. We're not going to take up a lot of your time today, but we just want to connect with you before you leave today. Yeah, and if you're joining with us online and you'd like to join electronically through the Connect card, you can use the QR code there on the screen, or you can text Z1Text to the number 84576. But one of the things that we want to do uh, it really is connect with you spiritually. One of the ways that we do that is through prayer requests and testimonies. If you need a, a touch from God, if something's going on in your life spiritually, we want to know about it so we can pray with you about that. Let us know. And you can use the Connect card to do that. You can sign up for Grow Track, which is the next best step in your journey here at Dothan First to both ministry and membership. And uh, we'll also encourage you, if you have not dedicated a child to the Lord and you have a child, we would be so honored to celebrate with you in that. And in just a few moments, we're going to do that. Uh, and also, if you have never been baptized, or maybe you were sprinkled as a child, but you never had the opportunity as an adult to make a willful decision, a public confession of your faith, we would be so honored to be able to partner with you in that and celebrate you in that journey. And uh, so also, I want to just give a quick shout out. We've got some dear friends and family on the front row. We've got Charlie and Deanne Hathaway, our dear lifelong friends, Pat and Kim Aubie, brother-in-law and sister, and their children, uh, Pat and Kim's kids. Can you give it up for our family and friends that are with us? We love you guys so much. So thankful for you. Yeah. And um, so here's what we want to make sure to let you know about for this evening. We have a special celebration that's going to be happening for our girls' ministry, and you're more than welcome to join us for that. It'll be down in the Family Life Center after. Uh, it, it'll be a, kind of a, a normal-type celebration if you've ever been a part of girls' ministry, uh, but it will be in a different location. It won't be up here. It's going to be down there, and so can't wait. It's going to be awesome. We're so proud be, of our it's girls. It's going to be at 530 in our Family Life Center down there, and we want to invite you. Like you said, they have worked hard. These girls have worked hard. These classes have worked hard. Miss Trina's class um, has worked hard to uh, what they're going to sing tonight and what they're going to say tonight. And we are excited to honor our girls' ministry tonight at 5.30. So come out and hang out with us uh, there at the Family Life Center. Yeah. Well, at this time, we want to shift gears from just celebration and worship to celebrating a family 
who has had a child and we get to dedicate yes, that little one to the Lord. Yes, we are excited yeah. this morning. Like you always say, we love, love doing baby dedication. And you go ahead and, and uh, yes, make I know. the announcement. He's get I'm going to get my iPad because I don't want to miss one word yes. of what I've said. Okay, so go ahead. Yes, and I would be honored to call up Miss Gabrielle Elaine Hall. You guys give it up as they come. Isn't she so sweet? Her dad is Kyle Hall. Her mom is Alexis Hall. And before we get started with dedicating, uh, first of all, I need you to turn this beautiful baby around and look at her. She's so, so sweet. And we just love this family. And if you haven't had a chance to get to know them, I just want to encourage you to get to know this family, this family of three. I will never forget, it's been about a year and a half ago when you guys first walked into our church from Indiana, no family, not knowing anyone. And we went out to eat that day and just got to know you, fell in love with you guys. And they just are like, you know what? We want to be all hands on deck, involved with church and getting to know everyone. And I think everybody that knows the Hall family will say that they are family. And that's what church family is about. But you guys jumped in and um, said, how can we help? How can we serve? How can we get to know people? And then we all had to just shower with love when we found out that she was pregnant with this little one right here, Miss Gabby. And we it, we do call her Gabby, even though she's Gabrielle. And I will say that Gabby has a fan club here at church. Uh, <laughs> and my daughter's on that fan club. But Alexis will come into the office often because she's always like, what can I do to help? So we're like, okay, you can help, but you've got to bring Gabby with That's you. That's right. But there, uh, it's, it's not anything to not see um, her mom or uh, Alexis working and Gabby's just sitting there helping her as much as she could in the stroller. <laughs> but each one of us pastors always, we, I, we get distracted with Gabby. That's right. When she comes and we all have to, right, Pastor Will? Yes, we get uh -huh. distracted. We have to pay her a little attention, but we call it the Gabby uh, fan club. But, um, you know, as I was praying this morning and um, the last couple of days of what the Lord would have me say over sweet Gabby and over your sweet family, you know, I just have to stop and say this. As a mom, um, as a pastor of this house, um, I'm so proud of you as yeah. parents. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. And um, you have made decisions and choices for you as a couple and a family that says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And it doesn't matter who around us is not walking out those decisions. You guys are making those choices. And you have a church family who is cheering you on. That's right. And is so proud of you for standing, saying we will serve the Lord. Can y'all just give it up right now yeah. for them just as a church? So proud of you guys. Um, the scripture over Gabby this morning is found in Hebrews 13, 6. And it says this. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And I think that's very fitting for Gabby because her name, as you know, and her inheritance meaning means devoted to God. But the spiritual meaning of Gabrielle is confident. And I think 
we speak this over her today that she would have God confidence because we know the world is always saying, have confidence in yourself. And and it's true to a degree, but we know that self-confidence has limited potential, but God confidence has unlimited possibilities. Yeah, that's right. And we speak that over her today. God confidence is when your faith, little Gabby, is rooted in who you are in Jesus Christ. It's about being confident in in who God is and in the finished work that Christ did on the cross for you. It means completely relying on the strength of God. And we speak that over her as you raise her in the house of the Lord and the things of the Lord. May the strength and the confidence that she has in her maker just grow and grow in Jesus' name. This family is, as Michelle said, just uh, very dear to our hearts. They become quick, fast friends and, and family. And so today as we dedicate little Gabby to the Lord, you're committing yourselves as parents. We're actually dedicating the two of you to the Lord on behalf of her in many ways. But as I've said about our our own children, that God sent them not just to us, but kind of through us. Like God, God still owns them. (laughs) He's still in charge of my kiddos. But we get to partner with God to help fulfill the destiny of God in our children's lives. And so that's what we do for Gabrielle today. And so as you, as parents, as you agree with each one of these covenant commitments, I'm going to encourage you with an, uh, to, to answer with an energetic we do. Here it is. First of all, do you now present Gabrielle before God in solemn dedication, promising to bring her up in the nurture, the discipline, and the love of the Lord? by teaching her to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and regularly fellowshipping with other church believers in a Christ-centered church family? If so, please answer, we do. With God's help, do you promise to bless Gabrielle by modeling the teachings of Jesus, training her in the practice of prayer and guiding her toward the development of Christ-like character? If so, say, we do. And do you now commit to pray daily for this miracle of life that's been entrusted to you, to guide Gabrielle so that in the following of the example of your lives, she'll continue to come to know Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior? If so, say, we do. Well, because of that covenant commitment, and I saw her just put her hands together saying yes and amen to that, we're going to pray over the two of you and over Miss Gabby today, believing that God is going to do great things in her life. Would you just, as a congregation, as a family, would you stretch your hands out toward these, just like you're kind of standing behind them, laying your hands on them. You got their back. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this family. And God, I thank you for little Gabby today. We bless her in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that in advance, she will. I call her to be an investigator. That God, as she investigates the things of God, that, Lord, as she investigates your word, that, Lord, there'll be something that is is revealed to her in ways that she did not expect and that even others would be amazed at her wisdom, her discernment. God, I pray in Jesus' name for the anointing of God to be released on this child. 
God, I pray for her protection, for her safety, for her future. Lord, in every way, I pray the divine would be released in her life. And Lord, we thank you in advance for how she's going to reach and touch those that don't yet know you. That God, there will be a God confidence and that truly she will be Gabby. (laughs) That she will speak the word of God to those who don't yet know. And I bless this family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you believe that with us, can you say amen to that? We love you guys. We're going to take a quick picture here. (laughs) Can you give it up one more time for this family? God bless you guys. We love y'all. Love you so much. We got a little gift for you. And uh, we're so proud of you as a family. And we can't wait to see Gabby back in the office because I like to get on the floor and play. Oh, today is, uh, is going to be a powerful day, I truly believe. And what I'd like to do is, as we prepare to worship again, uh, we're going to worship in another way. People say, well, worship is about singing. No, 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 no. Worship is a lifestyle. Part of the lifestyle is giving. So we give unto the Lord. We don't give just to a church or to, matter of fact, we don't give to a church. We give through a church. When you give, you give through a church because we're passing that on to missions, to release to the gospel message to this city, to, to the Jerusalem that we live in here, to Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts, to here in the Wiregrass then on to uh, the state of Alabama, to the United States of America and around the world. The Bible says, and one of the most famous scriptures, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that what? He gave. And so we partner with God in our giving right now. And you can see the five ways to give. We're not gonna pass the plate. If you're making out a check and you want to, or cash and you want to put that in the envelope to receive giving credit, you can do that. And then our giving boxes are on the way out. You can worship on the way out today. But I want to take time to speak blessing over you and your family as we pray. God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to release your word through our giving. Now I pray strategic blessings fall upon these that are here today and those watching online. As they give, let there be a strategic blessing that chases them down. That biblically we understand that as we give of God's tithes and our offerings, what belongs to you and then the overflow of the generosity that you've placed in our heart. Lord, we cannot outgive you. And Lord, I pray that you would give seed to the sower. That you would, Lord, make your grace abound to them. That in all things, at all times, having all that they could ever need, that, Lord, you would abound in their lives in every good way and in every good work as they do your will. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray it all. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you faithfully give unto the Lord. And friends, I I do want to let you know that we, in this last week, many of you know, that we helped Bruce Headley and Convoy of Hope in the outreach specifically to those refugees that have, have had to flee in the middle of a war in Ukraine. And I want you to know that in the giving of water, in the giving of blankets, in your giving 
to get sleeping bags and tents for refugees who have no home and no hope. I want you to know that as we gave that gift and as we sow that gift, I want you to understand that refugees are being touched around the world today because of that. Can you just take a moment and thank God because of that? Friends, it's not just giving to give. We're giving to do the work of the mission of the ministry, to love God and to love people. But I know that there are not just physical refugees that are fleeing a war. Some of you right here in this room or those watching online, you, you have a, a, a physical or emotional need and you feel bound up. You're running from some things. Hopefully you're not running from God, but you're running from some things, from fear and doubt and unbelief, challenge, pain. And I want you to know we're here for you. Our elders are your elders that are stationed here ready to pray for you. And I'm going to have our elders, if you would go to our, our three stations of prayer, we've got one in the back over here by this exit sign, one over here by the exit sign there, and up in the balcony, you won't need to leave the balcony to receive prayer today. If you have a physical need for healing, we still believe in the healing miracles of Jesus Christ that are resident today. If you need to have a financial need, maybe you're struggling in a relationship, Whatever it might be, friends, they're here to pray for you and believe God with you for the good report of the Lord to be released. And they're going to partner in faith with you as we sing these next two songs. Would you stand up and let's continue to worship God in faith. And now you can slip out if you'd like, receive prayer from those elders today. There is no shadow has ever overcome your life there is no rival could ever stand against your might you've always been with us every battle you've already won we've already won let's sing it this morning there's no weapon there is no ever left a mark on you there is no army with the power to conquer truth you've always been with us every battle you've already won we've already won so show me one thing he can't do show me
turn into praise. I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. All of my fear, I will turn into praise. I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. Oh, all of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as we sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain.
believe? How many believe? There's something about faith that moves mountains. I can't, I can't grasp it. I don't understand it. All I know is that faith is legal tender. It pays for things. It buys things in the supernatural. It's as though you're telling God, your credit is good with me. That no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I've faced, no matter di how difficult those circumstances have raised their ugly head in my life, I know that I can believe that the God of the impossible has already paid for everything I'll ever need. What I want for you to do is as you're seated for just a moment, I'd like you to take out the communion elements. Our ushers are coming right now and those who have not yet received these communion elements, if you'll just wave at them as they come down the aisle, they'll be more than happy to get you those communion elements. Just make sure that everyone has received. All right, so we got one over here. You can pass that down. Great. Just make sure everybody receives. Here at this church, we practice really open communion, meaning that you don't have to be a member of this church, but you do need to be a part of the family of God. And in the family of God, the Bible talks about a unity, that there's a spirit of unity among us. We may look different, we may talk different, we may uh, have different likes and dislikes, but we are unified in the body of Christ. And being a member of the family of God is simply this, it's accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that you receive that precious free gift of salvation and forgiveness from your sins. And Jesus did something very odd in his day when he was, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he sat down with his disciples and he took what was considered normal in Jewish custom. They were practicing something called Passover. The Passover supper was pretty traditional. It's as, about as traditional as you could get in Jewish culture. They were all used to it. They knew what was about to take place. For they were remembering that when they were in Egypt, the Bible says that they were enslaved for 400 years. And then after that 400 year period of time, the Bible says they were going to come out from that slavery into a promised land. But before they could get there, the Bible said that, they, that, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And the, the plagues came upon those that were living in that land at the time. Many of you remember it. And if you saw the Ten Commandments, Right, Charlton Heston, let my people go, you know. I don't know if it was quite that eloquent, quite that articulate because, you know, there was stuttering involved apparently, you know, let, let, let my people go. Well, however it happened, okay, insert your own part of the story if you'd like. But however it happened, the last plague was the worst. It was that the firstborn would end up dying in every household that did not have the blood, the precious, spotless, lamb that was to be killed and that blood being applied over the doorpost of every home and it's the homes that had the blood that the death angel passed over and so there was a recognition that there was about to be an exodus that would take place that they would bankrupt the wealth of Egypt and go out toward their promised land but they couldn't get there listen until the blood was applied for there would be death in the home if they did not have the blood. For me and my house, as for me and my house, we will 
serve the Lord. This is not optional. This is what we do. This is our family line. This is our heritage. This is our spiritual legacy. This is about eternal destiny. And Jesus sat down with his disciples as they had probably many times before as Jewish custom would have it that there on the night he was betrayed they they began to take the bread and Jesus stopped them in the middle of it all and he said hold on just one second I want to let you know this is no longer going to be just about Passover (laughs) like whoa wait a minute this is like thousands of years history here you don't fool with that kind of tradition And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I am the fulfillment of that lamb, that spotless lamb that had to be killed. It's going to be my blood that will be applied over the doorpost of your heart. And from this point on, you will live out the legacy of faith in your homes because of what I'm about to do the next few days. We know what happened. He was falsely accused whipped, mocked, beaten, abused, and then hung on a cross. And it's as though, as they stretched his arms out, it was almost as though Jesus was saying, I love you this much. And he looked past time and eternity and he said these words, Father, forgive them. He wasn't just talking to soldiers at the bottom of the cross that had just nailed his hands and feet. They weren't, he wasn't just talking to the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees that were mocking him or the two thieves on the cross beside him, he looked out and he saw you. In the middle of your sin, the Bible says, while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. And there's a unique storyline in this passage of Jesus' death that has always plagued me. And as I began to think about it and ponder it, it actually made way more sense than I gave it credit. We talk about the hands nailed, the feet nailed. We usually talk about the crown of thorns, but we rarely talk about the spear where they pierced Jesus' side. And the Bible says that blood and water flowed. And yesterday we had a wonderful birth in our family lineage. A great-grandchild was born and, and something unique happens. I was there with my wife three times over where the water would break. And when the water breaks, you know that labor is about to begin and something is about to be birthed. And at that time that Jesus was pierced and blood and water flowed, Jesus was laboring on the cross to birth a New Testament church. And as he was preparing to birth that New Testament church, the blood and water flowing was only letting us know that the church was about to be born. Something was about to happen in the spirit dimension. So there Jesus was trying to explain the unexplainable to his disciples that this bread needed to be his body. Would you take out the bread? He gave it to his disciples. He broke it as a picture of what was about to happen to his own body. And he was saying, do this remembrance of me. So friends, we don't remember anything else other than Christ and him crucified, the price that was paid on Calvary's cross And before we receive this bread, as I said, you need to be part of the family of God. And here's how you do it. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
all your sins forgiven, wiped away. The Bible says, put as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you any longer. So if that's you today, if you're away from God, if there's sin that's separating you from God, if there's things that you've been running from, right? You've been running from God, you've been running from the church, whatever, whether online or right here in this room, it's time to run back to the only one who can set you free. And I want to pray a prayer of faith and lead you in that prayer to believe God for a fresh start eternally. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? And if that's you and you'd say, Mark, that's me, include me in this prayer right now. I want to make sure that I know that I know that Jesus is Lord of my life, of every area. I've said it often that if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So today in this room, if that's you and you want to be included in this prayer to say, I want heaven as my home. I want to know my sins are forgiven. I want to know that Jesus is truly the Lord of all. If that's you, slip up your hand right now all over this place. Yes, God bless you. In the balcony, on the main floor, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Yes, yes, God bless you. Anyone else? Maybe this is a rededication prayer. You've said yes to Jesus before, but you know there's sin that's separating you from God. This is your moment right now. Anyone else? That's you today. God bless you. Yeah, yeah, I see you. God bless you. And God sees you. I want to lead you in a prayer right now to, to allow the Lord to truly have entrance into your life. I want everybody to pray this prayer out loud after me, but especially you who lifted your hands. Can you say this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Give me a fresh start. I choose to believe in you. You are the Lord Jesus Christ. You came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins, rose again on the third day to give me new life. Now I accept that free gift. Wipe away the past. Make me clean. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you take a moment and thank the Lord for what he's done already in this room right now? Can you just worship him in your own words, your own way? Just begin to thank him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you. We honor you in this house. You just did the greatest miracle of all, Jesus, right here in this room. We were all participants and recipients of your glory and your goodness. Now let's receive this bread by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Now if you would, peel back, flip it over and peel back the other. Hopefully you didn't peel back the first one because now you got a mess on your hands, I'm just saying. but. It's all right. They're only white pews. Eventually, they'll clean. <laughs> After he took the bread, he took the cup. He lifted it up. He said, this is the new covenant in my blood. But this to us is just juice. It's just a symbol of the dear price that was paid. That this blood would carry us through our pain, our crisis, our issue, and truly that he would birth something new inside of us, spiritually speaking. Let's receive this cup by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Once again, just thank him right now in your own words. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. We honor you. There's something about talking to God out loud. It's your heart, the overflow of the heart, the mouth begins to speak praise unto God. The thankfulness, if you're really grateful, if you're actually thankful for your salvation experience, can you just begin to have that overflow? Just begin to write God a personal love note by your words in praise right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We honor you. We adore you, King Jesus. Matchless one, we love you, Lord. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. By your power, we walk, we live, we move, we have our being. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the price that was paid. It was after the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord that the Bible says that Jesus, for 40 days, walked around with infallible proofs, proving that truly he was the Son of God, truly proving that he was Messiah, truly proving that his blood paid the way, but he was strong enough to conquer death, hell, and the grave. And the Bible says that as he was about to ascend to the Father, the Bible says the Holy Spirit was about to descend, and he said, listen, fellas, wait until the power comes. Wait until, because you won't be able to do what I've called you to do and be who you've been called to be until you've been filled with power from on high. And the Bible says that day one, day two, day three, day four, they continued to pray and worship and they waited. And day six and day seven and day eight and they continued and they prayed and they waited in that upper room. And the Bible says that it shrunk from about 500 that saw him ascend to now all 120 they're in the upper room, and by the time they get to day 10, Pentecost, the true harvest, the inauguration of a New Testament church birthed out of the Holy Spirit's power makes itself known. And we are that church. Would you turn your attention to the screens as we have you explained in a little more detail what Pentecost truly is? This is Pentecost. Everything is different. Everything is new. Everything. This is the birth of the church. The wind swirls, a hurricane blows, the stale air is forced out, the dust disappears in an instant. The air is fresh, the light is all around, the Holy Spirit enters our lives and we become a new creation. It turns us around, turns our lives upside down, blows away the stale and the old. Christ enters our lives and we are made new. We are made whole. This is the birth of the church. We are gathered here in this place, in this time, to be something new, to refresh the old, to reboot the past, to be the church God created us to be, to be the new creation. This is the Pentecost. God is here. Christ is here. The Spirit is here, and we are part of it. We are the new creation. Come on, how many of you thank God? We are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come.
Well, go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word, or you can turn to the YouVersion app of the Bible. If you've got that, you can pull that open because the Scriptures will be also in there as well. But would you say this with me? Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's Word, I'll receive God's Word, and I'll obey God's Word because I love His Word. Now turn to your neighbor and just say, neighbor, you look really good today. I don't know what you did if you just got a new outfit, but you look really good today. Come on, give them a compliment of some kind. And then if you would turn to the book of Acts chapter 1, turn to Acts chapter 1. We have been in celebration mode as the Benson family. As a matter of fact, the Benson and Aubie family as well. We have been in celebration mode. Graduation celebration. Our son Griffin graduated from Southeastern just a few short weeks ago. And then Cameron graduated from Dothan High School just a little while ago. And, uh, and then Maddie, Pat and Kim's daughter, graduated from James Clemens just a few weeks ago. And it just seems like I've had more cake and ice cream than I have ever had in my entire life in one month. And I just can't wait for the next graduation. And yet, what I found so unique about every one of those speeches that were given at each graduation or commencement celebration were these words, this is not the end, this is only the beginning. The beginning of things to come, the beginning of responsibilities, whether you go into a, the next phase of your educational experience, if you go all the way to a, a multiple doctorates, whatever it is that you're going to do, apply yourself. Just know the people that are watching out in the stands right now that you are the center of their universe, but when you get out into the workforce, you are no longer the center of anybody's universe. For this is a great accomplishment, but... This is only the beginning. It's not the end. Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, he, said, he told them in advance, he says, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to let myself be killed for you. I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. Then I'm going to ascend. I'm going to go away from you. And the disciples get mad and they start to pout. Jesus, don't leave us. We've been through too much together. We've seen miracles. We've seen all these wonderful things. You're the one we turn to. When everyone else left you, we walked beside you. We want to be with you. And he said, no, I have to go away in order for the Holy Spirit to show up. For I have lived among you, but he will reside in you. You will no longer see me, but I guarantee you, you will sense me in a new way. John 16, 7 says it like this. Jesus said, it's best for you that I go away. Can you imagine you as a disciple? Just put yourself in their mindset. They are disciples having walked and talked with Jesus. And they, they, were, on, they were hanging on every word that Jesus said. And now Jesus, the Messiah, is telling them, I got to leave. Here it is. It's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, the comforter, the Holy Spirit will not show up. But if I do go away, then I'll send him to you. 
He's going to be the paraclete, the one that comes alongside you, the one that empowers you, the advocate. Here it is in Acts chapter 1. Let's look at it together in verse 3. We'll read from verses 3 through 5. I've talked a little bit about this, but here it is. For 40 days after Jesus had suffered and died, he proved in many ways, many scriptures uh, Scriptural translations say that uh, not just in many ways, but with infallible proof that he had been raised from death. He appeared to his apostles and spoke to them about God's kingdom. While he, was still, while he was still with them, he said this, don't leave Jerusalem yet. Wait here for the Father to give you the Holy Spirit, just as I told you that he promised to do. John baptized you with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Imagine how you would feel after the resurrection. They've been on a roller coaster emotionally. They went from Jesus being the best thing, people shouting with palm branches saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna. He's the best. He's about to overthrow the Roman government. That's what these, these disciples believe. And then, of course, we see that he cru he's crucified and, and dies, and they watch him die and suffer, and all of these things make them want to run and hide because they're afraid for their own lives, and sure enough, they find an empty tomb, an empty grave. Now they're ecstatic. They're ready to reach the world, and with four, for 40 days, they hang out with Jesus, and they keep saying to Jesus, you're going to take over Rome now, right? Right? You, you're going you're to put this thing down, and, and you're going to bring us up, Right? I mean, don't, don't forget me when you rise into your kingship so I can be like, you know, prince number one. Prince number two, like when, you're, when you die, I can take over. I mean, I, I want to be the one. And Jesus said, you have no clue what you're talking about. I have to go away. This is the second time he said, I'm leaving. He said it before he died, that he would die. He was leaving him. But then he promised he would rise again. Now he's telling them, after having been here for 40 days, I'm leaving you again. You're thinking, come on, God. <laughs> come on, Jesus. Where are you? You're the risen Messiah, and now you have to leave us again? And he said, this is not the end. This is only the beginning. There it is in the book of Acts. Over that period of time, he was empowered. He, he said, wait until I empower you to do what I'm calling you to do. And so taking the journalistic approach of who, what, where, how, and why, I want to take you through a series of questions I may get uh, as far as I need to get and then stop and we may go on uh, to other things and then next week, Lord willing, I can continue. But what is the baptism of the Spirit for? Well, Jesus said it like this in Acts 1.8. You will receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my what? My witnesses telling people everywhere about me. Jesus ascended to heaven. The disciples went back to Jerusalem and those 120 spent 10 days in prayer waiting for the day of Pentecost. And then God sends this inauguration, the Holy Spirit, with wind and fire. This moment takes place. The Pentecostal church is birthed. And just let me say this, that is not a denomination or a sect of Christianity. Pentecost is for all. We, every church that's ever been birthed in Jesus Christ was birthed out of Pentecost. We are all Pentecostal. It's, look, this is our birthday. This is the church's birthday. Somebody get a cake and ice cream again. I didn't get enough on graduation. It's birthday time for the church. 
We all have our roots in Pentecost, and Pentecostal Sunday is commemorating when the Holy Spirit empowered the human spirit, when the celestial came down and infilled the terrestrial, and here's what it says in Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Verse 3, and then... What looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. So after they spoke in this heavenly earth, this heavenly tongue, they began to speak in their earthly language. God gave them boldness. He told them, Jesus said before it happened, why he was giving it to them so that they could be his witnesses. And sure enough, they were. Thousands came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior on that day. But let me stop and say this. There's a lot of misconception about Holy Spirit. I actually did some Google search, and a lot of it's wrong. Listen, if you got questions about the Bible, go to the Bible, not Google. I'm just telling you. You may receive some misinformation. And I know there's a lot of different backgrounds here. But let me just explain to you what the Holy Spirit is not. Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing. It's the third person of the Trinity, okay? Holy Spirit is not Casper the Friendly Ghost. It is not the monster on Scooby-Doo, okay? It's not the boogeyman. Holy Spirit is not a freak-out tactic from the Pentecostals to scare the Baptists. Just saying. And by the way, the Pentecostals have not, ha- have not cornered the market on the Holy Spirit. He is for everyone, Holy Spirit is not just for some radical believers. He is for all and can be in all. Holy Spirit is not an excuse for the flesh to be out of order in a service. That's one of the, read in 1 Corinthians when he talks about all these different gifts that will be in the context of uh, of, of the body of Christ. And then he, ma- he makes sure that each one of these things are in order. And when they were out of order, he stopped it and said, hey, stop doing these things and start doing these things, right? Like when two of you are trying to give a prophecy at the same time, when one's speaking, the other one has to shut up. <laughs> so all can hear what's being said. It's just part of the order, the natural order. And so it didn't have to be weird to be in order. God set things in order and in motion so that each gift could function the way it's supposed to, to let that New Testament church birth new believers. And so he gave order to it. The Holy Spirit is not to be ignored. He's not to be ignored. Friends, he can be quenched. He can be grieved. The Bible says that we have to be sensitive. We need to sense when he's in the room and be cautious with his presence. And the Holy Spirit is not just here to make you feel good. Yes, he is a comforter and a guide, but he is also here to convict us of sin. So the Holy Spirit's here for all of us, right? What's he here to do? He's here to reveal Jesus and his goodness and his grace and his mercy. He's here to empower us daily. The same power, the Bible says, that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. It's his overcoming power for us to conquer problems. I've seen personalities transform when people were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it was accompanied by fruit. And as I've said many times before, 
A gift is given freely, but something has to die for fruit to come out of the ground. That's why Jesus always referred to himself as a seed. That when he dies, then we would be released. And then when we bear up our cross and follow him daily, the Bible says that we, our flesh, has to die in certain areas so that the fruit of the Holy Spirit can be revealed and released because fruit is way more attractive. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are attractive to worldly people, not just godly people. The Apostle Paul is one of the most amazing transformation stories, the writer of the majority of the New Testament under the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Paul was not a Christian at the time. He was a religious terrorist. He was an anti-Christian. And as he was going from place to place, even with uh, the authority of the religious community at the time, going to persecute Christians, he's on the road to Damascus. The Bible says that he has an encounter with Jesus Christ. He's later filled with the Holy Spirit. And he goes from being a persecutor of hate to an apostle of love. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, later writes the most beautiful words ever penned about love in human history. They are the words of love that are spoken about at weddings every day around the world in 1 Corinthians 13 that says, love is patient, love is kind. It's not envious, it's not boastful, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. He put that right between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 where he talks about the order of the gifts and he said, if love is not resident, you're just a loud gong and a clanging cymbal because you use your gifts but you don't have the fruit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, then you'll have the power to change. How many have a smartphone in the room? Anybody have a smartphone? Okay, put up your hand if you got a smartphone, okay? Almost everybody, there's a few that want, went back to the flip phones because they were so sick and tired of getting all these buzzes from emails and all this other stuff, right? But here's what happens with your phone, whether it's Apple or Android. Here's what happens. You get these things called updates. And the updates, when they're made available, they send you something called a notification, Usually there's a little red dot letting you know there's a notification letting you know that an update is now available. But if you are like my wife, you choose to ignore that little red dot. Why? Because you don't want to take the time from your busy day and routine to respond to that notification. Why? Because the phone seems to be working just right. Why do I need an update? But that notification is there to tell you something. It's trying to let you know that there's an update for your phone. And when you hit the update button, <laughs> it'll fix all the bugs. It'll give you a better version of the phone that you have. It'll make your phone more effective. The update's already paid for. You don't have to pay extra to get that. It's waiting in the cloud to be downloaded. All you have to do is hit the update button. It's available for you. It'll make your phone better. But it's your job, your responsibility, I might say, as a husband to a wife. <laughs> She's like, fix it, you know. Yeah, and any other men have spouse that? Anyway, don't, don't raise your hand right now. You'll be in trouble, okay? I'm already way in trouble. I'm too, I'm too deep now. 
But you download and install this software, and as a believer, friends, you are saved. You have a direct line to heaven. You got the call to God where anytime you want, you can pray and talk to God, and he's available at every turn. You have the rights and privileges as his children, but on the day of Pentecost, it was the red dot of the New Testament church that would let us know it's the notification, and I'm here to give you, I'm putting you on notice right now that there is a download of power that is waiting for you to fix all those bugs in your life that are giving you problems and trouble and pain and you're like why isn't this thing working in my life it's because you missed the download baby Pentecost is just a red flashing light reminding you in your Christian experience that there is more We already have the cross and the resurrection, but it's time to download the power. Friends, that power will consume you. His Holy Spirit will overwhelm you and empower you to become all that God called you to be in your life and to fix all those bugs. But the problem is we're stuck at Passover. You got a lot of Passover. You just don't have enough Pentecost. During the height of the pandemic, churches were closed. And I can't say I was glad for the pandemic. It was a horrific thing. Many lost their lives. Many were very, very ill. And it breaks my heart for everyone that suffered, lost jobs and so many other things, lost businesses. It was horrific. And the churches were closed. But to some degree, on this side of that equation, I'm only, this is my silver lining, if you will, I'm only glad for this reason alone. I'm glad because it revealed that too many people had a relationship with church but did not have a relationship with God. During, before, during, and after, I had the opportunity to coach pastors during the pandemic. As you know, Michelle and I are overseers of many other churches. And in doing so, we would talk to these pastors pre-pandemic. There was pre-pandemic conversations. And they went something like this. And I, by the way, I didn't just hear this from pastors. I heard this from church members of different congregations talking to each other or talking to one another. They'd say, hey, how many are you running? How many people you got in your church? How many campuses do you have? Tell us more about your systems. Tell us about your programs. What's your youth pastor like? That's probably why y'all are doing so good. You got great children's programs or you got great this and you got great that. What kind of soundboard are y'all using? I, we use this, but we're having some trouble. You guys got some issues for that? What, what are y'all using? What kind of screens? Do you have LED or, or what, do you, what do y'all, what do y'all got? Can I just let you know? In the process of all of those systems, we became 2020 vision clear on what we had fallen in love with. I didn't hear one of those things during the pandemic from any one of those pastors or church members. They didn't care about the lights. They didn't care about the sound. (laughs) They didn't care about the video. They didn't care about how many we were running because we were running nothing. (laughs) Just like every other church, God had to shut down the entire world. Now, I'm not saying God sent the pandemic. He did not send this pandemic. It's from the, the devil himself. But God used the pandemic to let us see clearly vision 2020 was just as significant. When I said that prophetically, 
that this would be, we would have 2020 vision. I did not know what I was saying when I said it, but I said it, I meant it, and God did it. You know what they were asking me? How do you teach your people how to pray for their children when they're sick and we can't go to the hospital? How do you teach your people how to take communion without the pastor leading it? How do you read your Bible? How do you teach your people how to pray? How do you teach your people how to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Friends, God did not create this pandemic, but he gave us this 2020 vision so that we could figure out that there was some notifications going off and we were ignoring them. I used to make fun of my wife because she had a phone with all these features. And by the way, the worship team can come. I used to make fun of her because she had this phone with all these amazing features and she only used like three. I'm like, if we're going to pay all this money every month to have this phone, I want you to learn all the features. But she doesn't want to learn all the features. She just wants to use the parts that are applicable. And I'm making you, really, Shelly, today the illustrated message if I could. She said, I'm glad I could help you. Friends, I'm going to pay dearly for this message. I'd like for you to stop and pray for me right now as the worship team comes. It was capable of doing so much more. Furthermore, she would get mad at me when the phone's not working right. She'd hand it to me. Fix it. Look, I am not a tech guru, I promise you. At times, I don't want to let her know this, but I'm going to. I'm just as phone illiterate as she is. I'm just saying, the only thing I know is to hit the button, download, install. Just saying. I let the cat out of the bag. I may, I, for all this time, she thought I was this tech guru. Because there was some bugs that needed to be fixed. And listen, it wasn't until she began to see that the phone wasn't functioning properly before she realized she needed the download. And so it is with us as New Testament believers. We don't really realize how significant Pentecost is. We don't really realize how significant Holy Spirit is in our lives. And we're skipping the download until crisis hits, till problems come, till pain comes. We're missing the download. Today, I don't want us to miss the download. I don't want you to miss the download. Holy Spirit is here. He's ready for you to give you new life, to give you freedom, to give you hope. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You ask and you believe. That's it. It's a free gift. You begin praising God out loud and and then whatever words begin to come as God reveals these words, these unique new words of praise that you've never heard before, you praise him with those words too. You yield your voice to him so that he can give you new words of praise, right? You can't speak in your own language and in tongues at the same time, just like you can't speak English and French at the same time. And just like when you're learning a new language, sometimes sounds a little different. Sounds a little funny. Just being honest. Right? I speak in tongues every day of my life. 
But I can just tell you, it seems different. But there was a, the, the, the building of that language, it seemed to grow as I yielded myself to the Lord. You say, well, how do you know it's not just yourself? Because I've seen miraculous power take place when I use that spiritual gift in my life privately. I'll give you one example. I just mentioned it at Cameron's graduation. After, afterward, we were chatting with a couple who's in real estate, and I was telling them that uh, it was... It was in the middle of the night. I knew for about a year that I wanted to refinance our house. This is just a personal thing. You think I'm gonna come out with something super spiritual, but this was very, this was financial. This was personal, this was business. Because Holy Spirit operates in that realm too, by the way. For about a year and a half, I knew and I told Michelle, you know, we gotta refinance the house. I know we need to refinance the house. I, you know, we just, we gotta do it. it just, it's gonna take some time, but we gotta do it. We gotta find the right lender. We gotta go through the whole process. And I just slept on it, did nothing with it for like a year and a half. And the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and he said, it's time, you have to do this now. I don't know if you talk to God like I talk to him, but when I'm, when I'm in, in the presence of God and I begin to talk to him, I talk to him about everything. I talk to him about parenting, family issues, crisis, health issues, financial issues, the whole thing. I felt strongly in my spirit, do it now. I wasn't checking all the finance rates, none of that. He said, do it now. I said, yes, sir. We locked in at two and a quarter, I think, now it's heading to five and six percent, the fastest it's ever gone up. Look, friends, you can tell me all you want. Ah, that was just pizza the night before. No, that was the Holy Spirit trying to save me some money so I could give more to missions. I'm just saying, if you'll listen to God, he'll be more significant than just a little, hey, I feel goosebumps. Woo, that's nice, I feel goosebumps. No. God wants to transform every way you think. That's why Romans 12 says that you're only transformed by the renewing of your mind. Who transforms your mind? Holy Spirit. He's about to come and fill this place and you'll have access to him. And I want us to sing this next song. And as we do, as they sing it, it's gonna be uh, the, the names of God. We're kind of starting fresh, starting slow, okay? But when we talk about the names of God, one of them is Yahweh. It's one that could not be spoken. It was all continents, Y-H-W-H. And my Jewish friend, Orthodox Jewish neighbor said it like this, that when we breathe in, it's the Y-H. When we breathe out, it's the W-H. When we breathe, we're saying the name of God. We breathe in God, we breathe out God. And when you stop breathing, when you stop speaking the name of God, you cease to exist on this earth. Okay. Well, let's call out every name we have for God. Counselor, provider, lover of our soul, prince of peace. Let's talk about the names of God. And as we sing, I want you to just remain seated and let Holy Spirit come and begin to fill you. And you just invite him in in your own way, your own words, begin to invite him in as you're seated. And through the middle of this song, I'm gonna have the worship team, as you feel necessary, you just have them stand. But I want you right now to just remain seated, close your eyes, bow your heads, put yourself in the upper room with those 120, waiting for the power to come and ask God, fill me with your spirit. Go ahead and do that right now as we sing this song.
Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Elders, as you feel necessary, you just begin begin to come down and pray.
team prepares to sing this last song I'm just going to invite you if you maybe didn't come to the front that's okay I want you to receive right where you're at you can turn and kneel at your at your pew or you can stand and worship it doesn't matter the posture of praise what does matter is that you praise him because he's worthy of it all so as this team leads us in this final song I want you to give every bit of yourself to the Lord just say God I need you my hope is in you. My family's in you. My destiny, the future, it's in you. I want you to begin to let this song become your praise that God would fill you to overflowing, that you might be what the New Testament church was supposed to be, bold witnesses. Being filled, they went. Worship team, would you lead us? Come on, give, give him all your praise that you've got. Don't leave one word left on the cutting floor today. Give him all your praise as we worship. As we worship. 
before we close, I want my mom, my sweet, wonderful, amazing, awesome, profoundly biblical, theological, and amazing, wonderful mom who's taught me so much about the word. I want her to share this, this word from the Lord for you because I do believe it's, it's operating in the order of the spirit today. Before we close, I feel like this is important. Would you share that, Mom? Thank you. I just kept seeing this picture of, you know, how when a person folds their arms kind of almost in defiance or just stubbornness, whatever it is, but just that, that, that picture, that person has unfolded their arms and they've lifted their arms in surrender and in praise to the Lord such an it just the countenance totally changed and I don't know who's here who needs to hear it or maybe even online but as you unfold your arms and you surrender come on and say oh God here I am Jesus here I am and God says when you do that I have such great things in store for Jesus. you beyond what you could ever know yes continue to just surrender continue to praise Jesus. continue to just look to me and I will do it in your life beyond what you could ever do in yourself Jesus. God says just unfold your arms today come on. lift them to me come on Praise just God. unfold your arms right now and lift them up to heaven and say God I surrender I'm here do with me what you want I'm here thank you Jesus we uncross our arms we just uncross our arms, Lord. We won't be belligerent or stubborn. We won't be haughty or proud. We'll say, God, we surrender to you. Everything we have is yours. Everything that we are is yours. I believe that's not just a word for right now and something that has already happened, but I believe it's something that will happen. I don't think everything is going to be, as much as the pandemic was, was horrifying and difficult, I don't think we've seen the worst cases of things to come. But the Bible says, lift up your eyes for your redemption is drawing near. And so uh, the Bible never said that there would be no suffering. As a matter of fact, the Bible said if they persecuted Jesus, they persecute us. And yet there's a supernatural strength that comes upon us when we're, we're supernaturally filled with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of his spirit. So God is going to do what, what Holy Spirit started in Genesis. He's gonna continue in the book of Acts because the Acts of the apostles is the beginning. It's, it's just another picture of Genesis. For in Genesis, the Bible says that while the world was formless and, and void, the Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters of the deep. It wasn't like the Holy Spirit was created after Jesus died and rose again and ascended. He's always been there, present in creation. And so the Bible says that out of the chaos, He created order. It's the same way with the New Testament church when the Holy Spirit fell and the wind and the fire and, and, and they needed a book of Corinthians to help bring things back into order that God would reestablish a church that would be in order. Not stoic, not stuck in tradition, not boxing God in to tell him who he could not be because he doesn't fit our structure. No, but that we would full, unfold our arms and say, God, whatever you want, do what you want. 
And here's what happened immediately after they were filled. The Bible says they went out. They didn't hang around. They didn't wait. They didn't say, let's build three tabernacles like they did on the Mount of Transfiguration. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Let's just stay here and rest. No, the minute they were filled, they went out. And they became a light in their world. And so it is with this Dothan first. I commission you now. Now that you're filled and empowered, I commission you to boldly go and bring the light of Jesus Christ to a lost and hurting world. For the server at the restaurant you are at, for the broken, the lost, and confused in your neighborhoods, I bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the significance of your love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you and loved you enough to ascend after his resurrection that we might have Holy Spirit descend to empower us and fill us full. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, to your wife, to your kids, your coworkers, your neighbors, those at the restaurants today. I bless you to be a blessing to this city that we might reach this city with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I commission you to go, to do the work of the kingdom, to love God and to love people. I bless you to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed to go into your commissioned field and reach the world. We love you. God bless you.